welcome to this Tithecast. Star, Star Wars Collector's Archive podcast. Where we will be discussing today the implications on the vintage Star Wars collectibles market of the TV show Obi-Wan Kenobi. Also, we'll just be talking about the show a fair amount. Wampa Wampa! <laughs> Welcome to Kivecast 123. Well, oh, I wasn't man. paying attention to what number it was at all. Yeah. Well, one, two, three. You know, Steve, I was actually on a podcast last week. Really? Yeah, I think it was like my first ever like real guest appearance. I mean, I've been on other podcasts like recording things. Yeah. But yeah, there's this podcast called I've Been Meaning to Listen to That. And, oh, uh, oh that, that sounds just right. Yeah. Yeah. And they talked to me about Kanye for three hours. So you have a little bit of competition, Steve, because, uh, Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Three hours. This is like, that's like our old, our old glory days of the podcast when we had the, the energy to get through three hours. But if it's Kanye though, that makes sense. I, I could totally see that, yep. that happening. Yeah. But we're, we'll, we'll come to something close, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Kanye, there's, there's some overlap there. There, there they, they were both brought into the world in 1977. So, <laughs> speaking uh, of, of bringing into the world, I'm eagerly awaiting the birth uh, of my child here. So, yeah, uh, very, very, very close here. Yep, yeah, yeah, she's uh, nine months pregnant. So that's the other. We're we're basically recording this pretty quickly. I'm not going to do any editing, Steve. Try not to say anything too scandalous. All right, and, I'll, uh, I'll do my best. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna just we're just gonna pump and dump this one out. So, Jesus Christ! Yeah, I said not to say anything scandalous. <laughs> oh, oh, we're we're a little rusty. It's been it's been a couple months. It we're has. Be okay. it's, yeah. d- we didn't even do a post celebration show, did we? No, you know it's it's funny. Like we spent a good amount of time together, but I think for the first time ever, we didn't actually record anything, any content. We were no. just having a good time, which which was you know that. That was kind of nice too. I mean, I, I I enjoyed that that side of it. Just you know, just hanging out with you and the kids and and uh, trying not to get COVID. That was <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah. I mean, but, I think uh, Steve and I are in a little bit of the same place. We're a little bit sort of like a little bit tired of the sort of Star Wars collector event sort of things. <laughs> you know, like you know, I don't think I'm never going to stop going, but but definitely. Like going with going with my kids was awesome, and seeing you and your kid was awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely a little bit more in the kind of like exploring in fun mode. But that being said, I should have a very exciting new collectible to talk about uh, in our next episode. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So, okay. The last vintage winners and losers we did was Book of Boba Fett. Yes. And that was. A few months, I don't know, six months ago, four months ago. Yeah, we're going to have time a, makes no sense. <laughs> we're going to have a lot of those because that Andor show <laughs> is coming out at the end of this month. Yeah, it looks it looks pretty cool. I gotta say, I don't know. I I was thinking about this like I I'm still trying to adapt to live action Star Wars in television format, and I'm I'm not quite there yet. Right. That that gives me confidence. I, I'm I don't know. Well, definitely getting, the, you know, you're sort of getting the bends from like Obi-Wan Kenobi, the easiest cell character of all time. Right. And then yeah. like, wait, the dude from E2 Mama Tambien's character who died, wasn't his like <laughs> primary uh, character trait that he didn't really have any personality? <laughs> How, he was sort of like and, the Borg Gullet yeah. guy, but just less passionate about it, you know? <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't know. When the last time we saw Rogue One, I'd, I'd give it another chance. 
I yeah, that and, and Mon Mothma, uh, that yeah. that you know political drama should be should be quite fascinating. Oh, it, um, it it'll be great. My you know my my son's in Paris right now. He's studying at Sciences Politique, which is the yeah. the biggest political science school uh, in Europe, and so that, that's that's pretty fun. He's doing a summer program there, and he. He got into politics because of being a prequels fan. So the yeah, fact, the fact there's going to be some more politics and that's dropping on his birthday. So that that'll be fun. That oh, that, that's that's great. And yeah. I just I, I have to. So you know we're kind of like segueing our way into Obi Wan, but it's <laughs> yes. it's hard to be a Star Wars fan and not define yourself against the kinds of Star Wars fans that piss you off. <laughs> so, true, it's true. So, yeah. like, I sort of hate Rogue One because there's a whole subset of people <laughs> who love Rogue One for all the re- like all the wrong reasons. You know what I mean? They're just like, finally, you know, just like people who say finally, like that's I don't know that that's where I get lost, and that's why yeah. I think Obi Wan Kenobi is an interesting show because it's a great mixture of like the Rogue One finally, you know, all I want to see is Darth Vader yes. kicking ass. Right, right. It's a great mixture of pandering to, let's call them red letter media style, you know, fans <laughs> and like, you know, prequely fans and, you know, Lucas nerds like myself. Yeah, no, I, it, I, I had a lot of, um, of those, uh, finally type concerns going into it <laughs> that I, I was, uh, you know, I was, I was pleasantly surprised in a lot of ways. So, yeah. Yeah, I and, I I just unequivocally just totally love this show. I mean, yeah. I I think like a lot of people I thought that the fourth episode was just kind of weak, but that's the the video game inspired one, right? The, the yeah. the fortress. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was okay, but it, yeah. I think it was the and this will reflect. So, if you don't know the way we do yeah. it, we review the show, but we actually do it by <laughs> predicting the impact it will have on vintage Star Wars collectibles. So yes, yeah, um, you have your defined list. I that that is a countdown, right? Yes, and you're doing countdown format again. Yeah, it's. And, and I, I, yeah. I gotta say, I struggled to find ten losers. So my loser I, list. Okay. Is, yeah, I, my loser list was a lot shorter than my winners list. So yeah, I, I, that I think we're on the same page there. Yeah, but I just I I mean I absolutely loved it. I mean I think that the main thing that that. So Steve, you know, I have a track record. We've been doing this show for 12 years, and for 12 years I've been saying that the prequels are great, and you've been saying that they're terrible and garbage, and everyone who likes the prequels is a bad person, including you, Sky. And and I've never said those things. And time has has shown how good the prequels are, and okay, most people are saying that because they're just trying to hate on the sequels, but still... Um, this... you, you have to you have to compartmentalize that that positivity and, and yeah. try and break it away from the, the yeah the reciprocal uh, complaining. But yeah, no, it's it's um I mean I, I don't out of any of the the new shows and content. I mean this one definitely in terms of as a prequel not not lover but as someone who I'll, I'll just say it helped me appreciate things even more and and make me want to watch the prequels more often than I, I usually would. Um, yeah. yeah. And it, it, it did a really good job of marrying those two sequels together. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I am not a Rise of Skywalker hater, um, but the fact that J.J. Abrams claimed to want to do, you know, to tie together the previous eight movies when he was hired because he thought it would be funny to kill Jar Jar, like that's, 
if there's any reason why it would have been better for it not to be in his hands, I think that's right, it. Right. Is that he's, you know, by hiring Simon Pegg, by by being who he is, you know, there's yeah. an inherent anti-prequel bias. But I think as we see throughout this list, you'll see a little bit of interesting play between the sequels and the prequels. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, really, this, this whole show is just a great love letter to the prequels and the original trilogy. Yeah. Which, why it makes sense, Steve, with our number 10 winner. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I couldn't tell if I should say this person's a winner or a loser, so that's why they're number 10. But okay. I'm going to stick with the Emperor. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Obviously, spoilers all around. So it was, it was yes, nice yeah. having his return. Um, yeah, yeah. I... <laughs> I, I like I him. He just, yeah. he just looks different all the time, and I, I like that they just they just don't care about that. It, exactly. It, yeah, they really don't. And you, you kind of you're in this mode now where you just know whatever content or media the emperor. The fact that it it's always Ian McDermott for the most part when it comes mm-hmm. to, to this. It that's the, like the unifying factor. So he can look completely different all the time, and it just doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I I really like his dialogue with Darth Vader because. Like, you know when you have a friend and that friend is into a girl or a guy and they're trying to tell you that they're not, but like yeah. everything that yeah. they're doing, they're like intentionally like taking classes to be with that person or doing events to be near them or taking on interests that are similar. Like, right. that's interesting. I didn't know that you did rock climbing. I've always been kind of into rock climbing. Yeah. Perhaps... Yeah. Maybe it is that Shelly does rock climbing. <laughs> she does, yeah. <laughs> you know. It's... Yeah, it, th- that that scene was like maybe two or three wow. steps away from a robot chicken. Like <laughs> yeah. that, it was it was getting that direction pretty quickly. <laughs> but but it's awesome because like you know that Palpatine knows everything and and he's able to say everything. He doesn't have to say everything. Like he's he's sort of it's weird. He's sort of showing grace. To, to Vader by instead of just telling him because every time Palpatine says I wonder if your feelings are clear what he's actually saying is I know your feelings aren't clear but, yeah yeah <laughs> but I you know I, I like it I like seeing him at the end my number 10 loser might be a little bit unexpected Steve the Star Destroyer ah okay all right okay so let me tell you why because right. I needed to come up with 10. But beyond that... Yeah, this is... This right, it gets... Yeah, tough. Beyond that, I thought that the chase between the the rebel transport and the... And the... And the it's just like, again, like they kind of spoiled the excitement of that in episode four, having yeah. the, the plucky little rebel craft being chased down by the Imperial Star Destroyer. And it looks exactly right. the same in the same shot. That was, to me, the worst example of sort of like, a, oh, look, I see what you did there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then it, also, it, like, yeah. the bridge of a Star Destroyer is supposed to be where all the cool Imperial action happens. But, but in this show, all the cool Imperial action happens invaders castle right. which by the way I, I i can't put modern lego but but the vader's castle lego that i got for the kids is like the coolest thing ever you yes. know it, yeah. it it happens on their weird little base it happens on, on weird planets so i don't know like the, you just don't really get a lot of star destroyer action yeah yeah i think you're you're exactly right in terms of like the recreation of a, of a specific original trilogy moment that is just it yeah like it just doesn't quite quite work and they they do the same thing with the music 
in that scene as well where they just literally lift almost it's it's like the rebels treatment where it's like slightly off key of some music from uh, right. from one of the original movies and that that something that always like that's a warning for me i'm like oh i don't know not 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 quite sure about this but um yeah in in yeah. general how did how did you feel about the presence or lack of presence of the original music from john williams i think that its lack of presence was really important um overall i i i think it I guess we'll just get. I guess this is something I always like to do with this with with John Williams. But I, I feel like he did get a great Star Wars send off with his Obi Wan theme. Like I, I really, really loved that theme. I think his kind of character specific stuff has always been, at least in this modern era, has been really like his strength. And with this, like I, I liked his last score, but this, in terms of just like a Star Wars send off, I don't know. I thought the theme was great. I was really glad that we didn't just get, you know, Leia's theme or the Imperial Mar like over and over again uh, until the very end in these kind of like, you know, pivotal or trans, you know, transitional moments. I thought that worked. So I, you know, I, you're sort of the Williams expert of the two of us, but <laughs> I, I definitely, that, but... I definitely didn't like his Obi Wan theme. Oh. Okay. I mean, I can't even sing it. Was it like bang, 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 bang? No, wait, that's the frontline theme. <laughs> Tatooine. Uh, how does it go again? It's the like da 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 da. Like, uh, yeah, I think give it a listen on its own. Just okay, the, I'll do that. The concert, the concert version, okay. and uh, and the next time, whenever you do rewatch the show. Uh, see how it, it kind of comes in in different forms like there there's one bit where he's he's fighting vader outside of the the target in Le, west la brea or you know, like, <laughs> like, like I, the, the construction site uh I've, right. I've seen this place looks just like that across from where we used to live so that's, uh, that's all i think of when i see it but uh yeah there's a bit there where it's that theme but it's really low really subtle and it just it kind of perfectly embodies obi-wan's total fear in that moment and it really reminded me of uh, some of the stuff in Empire where Luke is scared but you're hearing like a really subtle version of his theme or, or whatever so I, I think I think it, it's woven into the show well but well, I, then, I'm also like uh, super hyper focused on that so yeah yeah, I think I'll do that because I haven't heard the symphonic version of it you know I mean, yeah. like I didn't like I remember hearing um, Duel of the Fates I mean the uh, um what a battle of the heroes what's the one from episode yeah three? That, that's battle of the heroes yeah. yeah i remember hearing battle of the heroes for the first time and going oh there's there's nothing for her for me to remember it's not a memorable theme and i'm the, <laughs> i was the biggest idiot then so I'm, yeah. I'm not so brash as to think that my opinion is not going to change um, right but i i felt <laughs> it's weird because both the solo theme and the obi-wan kenobi theme mm -hmm. it, i like it could just be ageism but it's like for some reason, John Williams is not writing triumphant heroic themes for these triumphant heroes. He's writing these kind of feeble themes. Yeah, I, right. I feel like with with Obi Wan, it's, I guess it's more like speaking to his this moment in his life I, where it is there is a lot of uh, like kind of sadness and yeah. and you know I I thought it worked. It maybe maybe there could have been times where he kind of pumps it up a bit in a really you know, actual heroic moment, but um, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd say give it another try on its own, okay. and then try and see how it's played throughout the show. Yeah, I think of of all of the shows that have come out, this is the only one that I watched twice every week. 
Like no matter what, like I <laughs> yeah, watched, yeah. you know, I, mean, I used to do that for, for Clone Wars, you know, back in the day and I'd watch right. it with the kids and, you know, but, but for Mandalorian, it's like, I'd watch it and I'd love it. And I, yeah, whatever I'd listen to Rebel Force Radio talk about it. So it's not like I didn't have engagement, but with right. every single episode of Obi-Wan, I would watch it, watch it again, listen to, I, I found like a new podcast, uh, Children of the Watch. I don't know. I've never even oh, heard of them I've, before. I, I have heard that it's, name before. It's good. I don't know. They have like a they have like a good spirit. I mean, like okay. so I was like listening to multiple podcasts per episode. So yeah. I, I think I should listen to the I should listen to the the theme again and and, yeah. and get into it there. And then you know it's nice. It's really cool that uh, they brought in Natalie Holt to do some of the music. I mean, she. It's just nice to see. A woman doing some music for Star Wars. Now, Holt! What, what has she done? <laughs> she was... I think she did the Loki score. She's done some other TV. Uh, I don't know if she's done movie scores, but she's an up-and-comer. Um, I'd say my favorite track of hers on this... I am, It'll get me... Maybe this will come up at, at some point in the show, but uh, it's the, the holding hands moment with, with Leia. So give that track a listen again. Okay. It's, it's, it's so good. Um, yeah. Okay. Sorry, we're not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not David Collins. Uh, not yes. at all. But <laughs> maybe we should move back to our. Oh, speaking of which, we ran into David Collins at Celebration, yes. and that, that was yeah. really exciting because uh, I, I like stopped to him and started talking to him, and he was actually very responsive. So that was very nice. Yeah. Oh, that was that was an awesome moment. Kind of uh, geeking out. Sure. But you yeah. know what? I wasn't geeking out about Steve. It's our number nine loser. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna put R2 and 3PO together. Don't. Ah. Tell me that they were in that one scene, Steve. You can tell me that C-3PO was there. I did not see R2-D2. I no, just didn't. I, yeah, and I, I, to me, the fact that they're not in your face makes them winners in my mind. Um, just because I, I get irked when they are just there for, you know, just to be there. Um, I, yeah. That's where I, I land on that, but I, I get the, the, the in terms I, of just presence. That's that's. I totally sense. agree, Steve, that they should not have been there in Rogue One, which I think you said is the worst Star Wars movie. Um, <laughs> I totally agree that they shouldn't be nowhere for no reason. Right. Yeah. But they are actually on Alderaan at yeah, this time. Th- this would be They're, the time that you this would. This is you would, the one yeah. time, and so either <laughs> have them somewhere else, you know, on their own little adventures, you know, like in the, like in the cartoons. Which, yes, by the way. Yeah. The first series of droids comic books on oh. on Dark Horse, I uh-huh. think, is probably my favorite Star Wars comic books ever made. They're not very well okay. loved, but they're so well drawn. They're beautiful. But you know, like either they should be, you know, or like have them say something, like yeah. just to have them, like to not even see. And and this is the thing, like they made it where R two D two. Sorry, my phone's telling me I'm going to sleep. Um, <laughs> where R two D two. You know, has a relationship with Leia, so like yeah. instead they yeah. have the little the little butterfly thing, and it's fine. It's fine that that R two D two doesn't go on these adventures. That would have been too much. Yeah. And and yeah. I wish that R two D two wasn't in Mandalorian, right? Yeah. The, the so, way the way the, to the extent he is. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with you there. But in an interesting way, the number nine winner is sort of an <laughs> is the Jawa. And yes. and that's yeah. because they just keep adding more layers onto Jawas. <laughs> so many. <laughs> like like Mandalorian did, Book yeah. of Boba Fett did, and now yep. this is. They are just hell bent on us understanding Jawas. The Jawaverse, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> and and in this case, it's this like little conniving guy who's like stealing stuff and giving it back. And again, just when when we think about these these toys, right? Because we're trying to think about like vintage Star Wars toys and how are they going to yes. be valuable? You yeah, know, yeah. For every little kid who loves all these these Disney TV shows, you know, like. R2D2 and C3PO are going to be sort of like I don't I don't really know who those are but like the Jawas yeah. are always around you know they're they they're Amy Sedaris's lover they're Mando's <laughs> collaborator they're the egg Uga guys and then yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that, uh, that the Jawas trying to sell like like just gouge Obi-Wan on a vintage toy in that <laughs> scene <laughs> just like yeah oh these are these are rare you know yeah <laughs> I tell you what, one just sold uh, last week at Space Hakes for uh, 236000 <laughs> yeah, exactly, But I'll give it to you yeah. for 136000 Right, so. right. That's topical, Steve. Did you know that? I, I, I saw some kind of rum. I'm so out of it. Out of I know it. you I, are, I'm Steve, That's am, why but... I had to check in if you got the joke yeah. or not. No, so I, I knew there was something going on with Hakes recently. I mean, this uh, is all Dave Quinn territory, so we'll, we'll just let yeah. him take it. But uh, last month, a Rocket Fett sold for 236000 and this month right. it sold for 136000 Oh, okay. okay. So, and that's our market watch for this month. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I like that. We, we still got that in there. And what <laughs> I will watch is my number eight winner. <laughs> and I'm going to say the Imperial Commander figure. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because my favorite of the new characters, he said, realizing he doesn't know her name. He should have looked it up before. My favorite <laughs> character, Steve, you know who I'm talking about. Tala? Tala, thank you. That's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I really liked Tala's character. Like yeah. I I I like how like I liked how she was a rebel, but she was kind of, you know, she wasn't too idealistic. She was kind of realistic. I liked how she was, like, sort of girl boss, but not really. Like, her whole point wasn't, like, girl boss. Like, the, the interaction between her and Leia was, I thought, so valuable and so, yes. like, yeah, yeah. meaningful. And especially, you know, I'm, I'm watching it with my daughter, who's 14. So, yeah. um, you know, obviously I'm thinking about good female characters. And, you know, there's Reva, who's a good female character. There's tons of good female characters in the show. You know, Leia, yeah. who will be coming up on the list, but where? Yeah. Um, yeah. But but just she was just so cool. Tala was just really... Yeah. Um, and then having her be an Imperial officer, I think... When I think about, like, the Imperial officer toy... I think of myself wanting that toy more because it reminds me of Tala, even if Tala's a girl. And, and, yeah. and the, you'll have to. I, I feel like they're they must be making an, a new figure of her in her imperial outfit. But that uh, you might have to you might have to go for that. Yeah. So so that's I mean that's my sort of stand-in um, for Tala. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 tracks. And perfectly. and do you think she's dead? Oh, I don't know. I guess I only. I think when I last watched the the show, so she had the she had the uh, so K two S O was the K two S O robot uh, had fallen on top of her after right. she blew everybody up. Blew, I, blew I everybody think she's still up. around. Yeah, yeah. I, that'd be a nice surprise. That's for sure. Yeah, I think she, I think she's going to be in Andor. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, Andor. Okay, <laughs> um, my number eight loser. You know what? She was trying to get them. You know, she was trying to help all of the rebels escape. And what were they going to escape on, Steve? What was what? What ship were they going <laughs> right. to escape on? This is 
this is on my losers list as well. Uh, the, the good old uh, Rebel Transport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steve, the Rebel yeah. Transport has one job. One Transport job. Rebels. Okay? <laughs> That's all it does. It's... <laughs> To safety interest. That is its job. That's uh, it. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's not like it's some design that they need to figure out a way to merge right. the, the prequels <laughs> and the new things. They don't no, need to come no, up no. with a hybrid between. It's just it's just a big, ugly beetle. And you Pickle. just got to yeah. throw the people in there and you don't get it. You get some other. Just yeah. kind of nondescript, nondescript. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm totally. Yeah. Um, I, gu- the, uh, I guarantee you Neil Scanlon designed that Rebel Transport. <laughs> I'd love you to like, bring a Neil Scanlon into the ship design. He's just coming in and just... <laughs> no, I mean, the ship that's there is is fine. But... Yeah, but that's that's your opportunity right there. Yeah. And and, and it wouldn't have been, like, the thing Yeah, you know is... what? Andor, Andor's going to come to the rescue, guy <laughs> Again, it, we'll, we'll have some Rebel Transport action there. <laughs> yes. Um, we can hope. We can hope. And then I would say my number seven loser is another ship. I had to do for a lot of ships because I'd say the individual okay. characters. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with the Snowspeeder. Mm. Okay. Because I just don't like that, that they said it's a, a, a turd <laughs> right. hauler. Like, it's a sewage hauler. Is that what it is now? I, I think so. Yeah, I think that's what she said. Uh, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like – that's the – like, in general, they've been doing a good job of not doing retcon. Right, and that just really feels like retcon. Like, like <laughs> I was not wondering how did they get the snow speeders, and right. now that I know that snow speeders are essentially like, like you know those trucks that you see that carry the porta potties on the on the on the highway. <laughs> yeah. That's a snow speeder. Like, yeah. and and yeah. and if that's the case, if it's a sewage transport, why is one of the, one of the seats facing backwards? <laughs> no, that poor that the poor uh, yeah. backseat driver really. So, that's so, that's a rough spot. Yeah. And 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 why why do you need guns on a, a sewage transport? Like, why do you need guns that can shoot backwards? Like, are you gonna blow up the porta potty behind you? I just. I've watched a lot of nitpicky videos about this show. A lot of people calling it mid and all these other stupid words that young people use. <laughs> um, but I haven't heard anyone make that a point. That that I mean, I mean, the only thing, the reason why, Steve, is because <laughs> we just missed episode three and a half where we were introduced to Wade, and oh, yeah. <laughs> and why we learned just how terrible it was that Wade was lost. Like they. <laughs> I don't think that they swung and missed a lot on this show. Like I think it really is a great, just great yeah. television. But they yeah. swung and missed with like trying to get us. It sort of reminded me of the first time I heard Mon Mothma talk about how many Bothans died to bring the information. <laughs> right. yeah. I was like, yeah. "Oh no, not the Bothans, <laughs> not Wade. <laughs> they killed Wade." Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that that <laughs> I see where you're coming from with that. Um. It, it was really odd. I don't know if, like, speaking of the other pilot, I don't know if you watch uh, Pen15. I can't remember if it's on Hulu or not. It's a comedy series, but uh, that, that actress, Maya Erskine, I think, uh, she's usually just so, so funny. Uh, oh, so, so she's from that? Completely, yeah, to see her be just completely straight and not, you know. <laughs> I, that was kind of that, that was weird to me. I was When I saw she was cast, I'm like, oh, man, this is, I wonder, I wonder, you know, what kind of, what kind of laugh I might get, and yeah, that it was completely just sorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, which she also pulls off really well, but in a really you know endearing way in that other show. So yeah. Anyway, that's just a, an aside. <laughs> many Wades died to bring us this information. Many, many Wades. Yeah. Wade Boggs, Wade Davis. <laughs> How many Wades can we name? Uh, oh, oh, Wade man. from uh, it's a really like Southern Wade, you know, Wade Greenwell, Mike Greenwell, <laughs> Mike Greenwell, Wade. They're all baseball players, Steve. Every Wade I, I say, can like, name. It, those are the only ones I can think of are the, are the Wade, baseball players. Wade Miley? <laughs> Here's a question. Has there ever been a professional football player named Wade? Okay. Tell us in the comments. Yes. Yeah. My number seven winner is almost a loser. But, hey, the Imperial Probe droid, it turns out yeah. we see where it gets shot out from. Right. And, yeah. and that was my absolute look okay so when we went to celebration so we had a great time at celebration just great i took my kids for the first time um i didn't do anything special i didn't give any talks i didn't get dressed up as any weirdos from the 80s i was just <laughs> i waited in line just like everybody else and it was great it's the most fun i've had in a long go long go time Yes. Um, my kids and I uh, trooped as Jar Jar Binks in uh, yes. in overalls. It was just really fun. Um, but the one thing that my son wanted to see was they used to at other celebrations they had the the, the illustrator who did the cross sections. Oh right. <laughs> so yeah. When I say that my son has probably spent more, like he probably spent more time in elementary school looking at Star Wars cross sections than he did like math, <laughs> because he <laughs> would just spend hours looking at the cross sections and all the all the stories, de all the details, all yeah. the details. So when you got yeah. to see that Imperial Tower on that water planet, whatever the water world. Um, <laughs> And when you saw those Imperial probe droids shoot out the top, that was just the coolest. And I understand yeah. it doesn't really make sense. Like, why? Like, they could shoot things that can go to any planet in the entire galaxy from this little, right. like, none of it makes sense. No, uh, of course uh, not. Now, it was almost a loser because Obi-Wan just punked it out with one shot. But we <laughs> did get probovision, so that was cool. Yes, we actually saw yes, what that, it sees. Yeah, that, 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 all, that whole sequence definitely put it on the winner's list for me um though he does yeah he doesn't last too long um against obi-wan and then he had all those other more modern iterations of him on the on the in water world uh yes <laughs> those are those are interesting too but i'm glad that the uh the, the classic probot got got some time was that what it's called the probot i think kenner wise it's called probot like okay. it's the probot turret whatever playset i think yeah Robot, right? Yeah, anyway. I should I should probably know that. It's all right. <laughs> well, speaking of Imperials, Steve, uh, my number six winner. I'm just gonna go with Stormtroopers, Steve. Yeah, you have to. Um, and just and I'll tell you why. Because there were no, they just they just okay. There was a whatever. They had the the video game troopers, but beyond that. Like they really just stuck to stormtroopers. They just like yeah. just they, yeah. there weren't like desert. They didn't even have the stupid pauldrons. Like they they were just right. stormtroopers on stormtroopers on stormtroopers. Um, yeah. I I also I mean I really liked the the scene with the the homeless clone. You know that was a neat idea. That, that was great. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the in particular the the scene in that episode three, which I think I think episode three was my favorite, and and not f I, not for the fight for the the first half of episode three. No, no, yeah, 
um, the scene with the stormtroopers, you know, yeah. on that transport, or I mean, just yeah. being driven by the by space, Zach Braff. Mole um, man, yeah, yeah. Which I hate the movie Garden State so much that I almost hated that episode because <laughs> even thinking about Zach Braff yeah. makes me think about Garden State, which just makes me angry. But I'm sorry. I know you're a millennial. You probably love that movie, Steve. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, no, I, I remember being indifferent. I only saw it once, and I, I think I was pretty pretty lukewarm. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but anyway, he was fine. But just that that yeah. scene where you see the stormtroopers talking, and and I like yeah. it because I felt sympathy for them. But it, it wasn't like you know the Finn sympathy where you're really thinking about like these are real people who live real lives and they have trauma and all this. Just yeah. kind of like. Yeah. I don't know. We're supposed to look for some guy. I don't know. I guess. Uh, would you let us out? <laughs> yeah, the the, uh, the the acting chops for the stormtroopers. I feel like has gotten better and better over uh, over the last few years. <laughs> yeah. And this, I think, this was tops. Uh, yeah, their, their conversations, just their kind of tone was. Um, yeah, it was pretty. Uh, it, it just felt lifelike. I mean, it just didn't. It, they weren't. You know how that you're usually used to them speaking um so yeah that was that was pretty cool i also like the the use of them yeah just the classic in that assault scene uh was was pretty great too that felt very that felt very action figurey to me like you would set that up with if you had a bunch of kenner stormtroopers and a the little cannon thing yeah that, that's that's the vibe i got from that but. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's interesting because people talk a lot about how the action wasn't particularly good on this show. And so this is the problem. To a certain extent, they're right. But there's such a bias to believe that female directors don't right, do yeah. action as well as male directors. Yes. That yeah. bias is so strong that I don't want to believe it even when it's true. Right. Yeah. And, and I yeah. think it is true that she didn't always know how to direct action as well as other directors do. But like, yeah. I, you know, like I don't want that stereotype to be true. But so I, I don't believe that as a stereotype. I believe at sometimes the action was great. You know, particularly I would say in the duels, it was, it was perfect. It yeah. was exactly what it needed to be. Um, yeah. But people kept making fun of that scene, the the checkpoint scene with. With oh. um, with Obi Wan and the troopers, I thought it was great. I loved it. Yeah, I, I didn't mind that that he couldn't get around the the checkpoint. The little fence, yeah. <laughs> but it's not like she didn't know that. It's not like they didn't right. know that. To me, that was where I was in the in the in the action figure mode, and I would totally, right. if I was playing action figures, I would be like, oh, we have to disable the fence, and I, right. <laughs> I would yeah. disable that, the that's fence. Totally right. Yeah, that that's definitely in the the play mode rather than. <laughs> and and the, the and, realism mode. And here's where the you know whenever it's Filoni and Favreau doing it, everyone's like, oh, they're just playing in their toy box. Yeah, it's, and then exactly. a, a female director yeah. does it, and they're like, she doesn't know how to direct action. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, try yeah. try not to get too political here, Steve. What's the? Uh, <laughs> it, it's a it's a tough time in in the galaxy. It, it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, the in, the sixth loser. Is a fi- this is ever since Rebels? This has been a vehicle which has just gotten way too much visibility. Mm. It's always been a stupid vehicle. I'm talking about the Imperial Troop Transport, and <laughs> the fact that the stormtroopers were driving around in the back of Space Zach Braff's space van, uh, right. space truck made me happy because I don't really like that toy. 
I don't like that nod. I don't think it's like super clever and funny and cool. I think it's yeah. just sort of grating. So I think that's my loser. Yeah, I, I'm glad that they uh, they didn't have Zach Braff Mole Man driving one of those. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, it's a little, a little much. Now my number five loser. So we're, we're we're done with spaceships, okay. And I think we're we're basically just mainly in in main character land here. All right, we're getting yeah. Once you get into that top half, you're, yeah, you're, it's getting serious now. So, uh, <laughs> um, the number five loser is Anakin Skywalker, mm-hmm. um, because the character wins. Yes, yeah. But it's. Sebastian Shaw is the one who's losing. That 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 ghost is fading very very quickly. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and Darth yeah. Vader is going to figure into this list later, as you can imagine. Um, yeah. So we can talk a little bit more about why Darth Vader is so good in this episode. Um, but yeah. definitely the like when I picture who's in the Darth Vader costume in Episode mm-hmm. Four. Mm-hmm. I always well, I just think of James Earl Jones. But if I if I go okay, I know it's not James Earl Jones in there. I don't think of David Prowse. I do think of Sebastian Shaw. Yeah, and, and yeah. that's just going away. I'm just now that I've really seen a lot of Hayden Christensen in the suit, at least for the close-ups, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's tough. I mean, I, I I had the same thing that that figure and that whole uh, aura of '80s. Anakin is uh it's it's gone yeah <laughs> it's it's just yeah as much as you know that's kind of a, a bummer in a lot of ways I I think the passage of time is really bringing that all to a close I feel like um and and I I think it's okay I think we can just let go but but do you know who we cannot let go of Steve <laughs> The Return of the Gonk Droid, number five winner. <laughs> Main character alert here. <laughs> oh, after after his lack in Book of Boba Fett, you know, he's all over the place in Bad Batch, all over the place in the sequel trilogy, all over the right. place in every spinoff episode. You just cannot get enough of the power droid. Now <laughs> he punches clocks, and uh. <laughs> and just that that first episode. So, oh yeah, it's so funny because the first episode aired when we were at Celebration. Yes, I have a couple yeah. fun memories. I mean, I remember Mark Ruciano at at a party on the roof deck, like trying to watch underneath his shirt and getting mad at people for talking to him. And there was like a hundred <laughs> people at a party. That that was funny. Um, yeah. And then my kids were watching it at ho- at, at the hotel yeah. on my phone because we, you know you couldn't get you couldn't yeah. get Wi-Fi at the no st- stupid yeah, I tried crap times, hotel. It failed. Yeah. So they were watching it on the phone, and then when I came yeah. back, they're like, "It's not that good." And then you know, we we, we rewatched it and decided <laughs> it was great. But that yeah. whole first episode with him just being a space whale, space whale harvester, harvester yeah, yeah, just yeah. that that whole thing. I I will say that I like how that connects to the sequel trilogy as well. You know, I, yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. Um, and and just the idea of having the gonk there as the guy who punches the punches the time <laughs> clock. Do you even remember that, Steve? I do. Yeah, yeah. It's it's perfectly fitting. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> so what I'm now going to be doing is I'm yeah you know, I've got my my rock star Barney of course. <laughs> yes, so yeah. you know whenever I get my Fred Flintstone, he'll 
and I'll he'll punch out on the power droid and then <laughs> yabba dabba do you know like that's, that's sort of like my new image yes absolutely Steve, yeah. this is a funny thing about me but every friday when i come home from work i actually sing the, the flintstones theme and oh that that's that is really nice I, I that's something i did not know about you but i won't ever forget that well because like you know like like i just i started doing this maybe like a year ago it's like i haven't okay. always done it but right. I just realized that yabba dabba do is such a great way to explain the joy of getting to spend a weekend with your family after That's, dealing yeah. with whatever you're dealing with. And yeah. it, it's so cool that, that the beginning of that show is just based on the excitement that this guy feels. He's like, I'm going to see my freaking family. This is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, it's it's too bad. Yeah, Obi-Wan didn't slide down the whale's carcass <laughs> yeah. on, his way, on his way to his Yopi. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh man, that's that's great. <laughs> and then the number four loser, who's basically almost always on this list, Steve. We got the Cantina Aliens. Yeah, they were on my my loser list too. At, you're on Tatooine. I, like there is a time. <laughs> I know. If there is a time. It's it's now. Yeah. But they they really just. Uh, it was almost all human beings. I feel like there was barely any any creatures of any kind in any of those. Uh, I guess Anchorhead doesn't like aliens. Uh, that's where he was, right? They were in Anchorhead, that that town. Yep. Okay. There was just nothing. Yeah, not not a not a one. Um, that that's that's a big loss. <laughs> but again, it's sort of like the R two and three PO thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it could be that this is all Dave Filoni's fault, or. <laughs> George right, Lucas's yeah. budget's fault because <laughs> those first like 11 seasons of Clone Wars it was every all single guys. alien was yeah. a hammerhead and <laughs> you just, like, outfit, you just yeah. knew you'd see him in the background just be yeah, yeah. but they, there could be some more of them and also Steve anytime yeah. so Steve sent me a, a whole bunch of weird images I don't know what he's planning on doing <laughs> okay. with a lot of them so if you ever want to inter interject them um, I guess maybe this we're talking about creatures, so this yeah. this could be yeah. This is a neither winner nor loser, just odd odd thought. But yeah. in that second episode, there were a lot of weird creatures, which was nice. You know, you're getting some interesting stuff. You see something that's new. But uh, I could not help but think of the uh, <laughs> the dinosaur Goombas from the live action Mario Brothers movie from the '90s, and or the uh, <laughs> the live action dinosaurs TV show on ABC. Where you had that Velociraptor bounty hunter guy, just the way he moved, his whole vibe was so <laughs> such a weird combination of those two bizarre things that I remember growing up. That I just wonder how they landed landed on that guy. I I, I think I love it. I, I don't know, but it, it's it's hard to disassociate those other bizarre '90s properties from this weird you know dinosaur bounty hunter <laughs> yeah okay so you're talking about there's a dinosaur bounty hunter yeah he's the one that gets in the gunfight with, with yeah, uh, obi-wan on the roof yeah, and in episode in in the second two. episode yeah 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 and it's just so bizarre it, it is so okay so of course i have thoughts about the things yeah. you sent me now i understand yeah. i'd sort of forgotten yeah. about that character okay. i think <laughs> but that goes really well with the cantina aliens because that yeah. could have been another rodian and, yeah, and, right. And this really is a total success. So this doesn't help for anything in terms of vintage collecting, but it does yeah. do a lot for Star Wars because we need more completely out of the box aliens 
Yeah. You know, like when I think yeah. about Neil Scanlon's best ones, they're the ones that were the nuttiest, you know, like, right. like yeah. just yeah, absolutely out there. There was one in that episode that was literally just two giant hairy legs, if I remember. Like, yeah. And that and the two high, like, hairy legs were getting interrogated by the by the stormtroopers, which I thought was funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You need that kind of just off the wall um, kind of thing, not just a more blob kind of blob like aliens that you get to see a lot but so uh, when when i was in high school steve um i had a obsession with dennis hopper okay Um, (laughs) all right here we go yeah no just just i just like i i just love dennis hopper i was really i mean i was really into him in blue velvet and then i sort of like started getting into the movies he directed like this weird Uh movie called the last movie where when he was filming it on set they ended up finding him walking naked through the streets of mexico um (laughs) You know, like I got into his sort of like he had this weird movie with Kiefer Sutherland called Flashback, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. I, never saw that. I, I got never really saw that. into not only Apocalypse Now but the Apocalypse Now documentary where he's talking to Francis Ford Coppola and he's like, he's like, Francis Ford Coppola is like, I needed you to get to the point where you know your lines so well you forget them. And Dennis Harper's like, that's where I am, man. I just forget them. And it's so funny. Um, so I do like I did hunt like i didn't used to hunt for toys yeah except for i hunted for the dennis hopper toy and if anyone out there has any dennis hopper prototypes either so from water world, world did they make a koopa they dennis did. hopper yep. toy? Yep. oh yep. that is amazing i, I have one oh, of those yeah. I, mean, I have you know production figures of those excellent so, yeah. oh that's great i oh. never even understood what was supposed to be wrong now here's the other interesting thing so um i i love the tv show dinosaurs i think it's great um, yeah. So, yeah. are you aware of some of the voice actors there, Steve? You know, I have not looked back at that cast list probably ever. So okay, so I, it's probably news to so me. So, Fran, the wife, yeah, is Jessica Walters. Oh yeah. So that's oh my pretty God. fun. I did know that. I did know that. And that's, then, yeah. and then the Robbie, the teenager, is the yeah. same actor who plays um, Christopher in The Sopranos. And like when you hear Robbie the dinosaur talking, yeah. and you realize yeah. that's Dominic and it's Chianese, I think is his name. Like when uh-huh. you realize it's him, it's so funny because he's like kind of a similar character. So I saw like in my mind that like they're sort of connected, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God, see now, yeah, we need a, <laughs> a Sopranos uh, dinosaurs crossover. A Soprano dinosaurs <laughs> Arrested Development crossover. Yes, yeah, yeah. I like I like the sound of that a lot. <laughs> Well, the number four winner, Steve, um, maybe people think she'd be higher up on the list, but I think I'll have to say Princess Leia. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I mean, I, I honestly, obviously, I have a, a young daughter who is a little you know, younger than this Leia, but uh, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, um, you know, the challenges that, that Obi-Wan uh, faces, yeah. <laughs> his frustrations, uh, they, they that connected with me a bit, but also just the... Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I thought, I thought, um, in terms of kid actors, it's really tough, any any time. But when you're trying to be, you know, this iconic character, um, I thought she was great. I mean, I, I really did. Um, the 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 funny thing is, I have never had a greater gulf between my initial dislike and my eventual immediate love. So, like uh-huh. by the end of the first episode, I actually yeah. really liked her. Uh-huh. But I had no idea she was going to be in the show. Mm. So yeah, when they, I, I didn't either. When they yeah. cut to Alderaan, I had this mm-hmm. feeling in my gut like, oh no. 
And then like they get close, I'm like, oh no. I, th- I, I was all mentally prepared for young Luke. I am not ready for them to try to do some kind of young Leia thing on me. And then yeah. her sass was up to 11. And all of, like, I would say the only time she was ever not a totally awesome character is when she was on Alderaan. Like, you know, when, you know, b- before that, that dinner party or whatever. Yeah, right. But, like, I mean, maybe I should have put her higher. Um, I mean, really, my, my top, you know, my four through two are basically all ties. But, yeah, like, yeah. they really expanded the force. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. did it without telling you that they were doing it. So yeah. there's yeah. this whole thing about the, the sequel trilogy having, uh, you know, force power creep. And it makes sense. You know, the, the force just gets more and more powerful until the Emperor sneezes and blows up a thousand Death Stars, right? <laughs> um, but, and that's fine. That, that's inevitable. That, that happens in all franchises where characters yeah. get more and more and more and more powerful. It just ratch, ratchets up as, as you yeah. move along. Yeah. I mean, that's what's happening in Pokemon, Steve. I mean, it's just... Oh, the, oh man. Oh, I mean, eventually we're going to have all these CP5000, you know, and uh, what are we supposed to do, Steve? What are we supposed to do with our I, I old Garchomps? You know what I'm saying? I, I wish I could help you, but... <laughs> um, but, but with her... Like the way that they made her force ability, the ability to cut people down to size. Yeah, but yeah. It wasn't just that she was like the king of the sick burns, the queen of the sick no. burns. She was just so capable of seeing people's weaknesses and understanding them. And, yeah. And she had this like, like I would get so excited when she would talk. Like like whenever she would talk like tell the truth to obi-wan or when she told that you know that little fascist off you know right like like it was so exhilarating and i understand that that i'm that i'm not like most star wars fans so you know most star wars fans like the force for the the lightsabers and the moving rocks and i like that stuff too but this was such a cool way to see that absolutely she is ridiculously powerful with the force and yeah. I I don't think I've ever seen her like it makes sense that that is a power that she had in episodes four, five, and six. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, but I I really enjoyed seeing it here. So that that was yeah. the the main thing. Just the, the like her main force ability was just like telling the truth, <laughs> you know? Yeah, just cutting straight to yeah, straight through yeah. And, and again, you know, like it's hard not to allow your biases come in. And I don't know if it's if having a woman director means that having the most interesting force usage on here be uh, emotional and intellectual honesty. Uh, yeah. That yeah. again, that's very biased and gendered, and, and I don't like it. Yeah. Um, it does appear yeah. to be true. So well, you know, there you go. Right. Yeah. It's. So yeah. my number. Uh, three winner is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay. So you might have expected him to be number one. I bet everyone had him penciled in at number one. Uh, like I said, four, three, and two are all basically tied. Yeah. Um, now, this could just be because my son was wearing an orange jumpsuit and a Jar Jar Binks mask, <laughs> and we were manning the table at the Empire State Collectors Club. Yeah. And... I was wearing a blue jumpsuit and a Jar Jar Binks mask, and my daughter was wearing a white jumpsuit and a Jar Jar Binks mask. And because my son was wearing an orange jumpsuit, the ice cream maker brigade (laughs) saw him and said, what are you doing standing there? Get with us. And so my son, 
in full Jar Jar mode, just is, starts yeah. following them. Yeah. He says, uh. okie day, and he starts running through the whole place. He runs all over the floor. He is a part of it. He's hearing them discussing how they had to get their costumes approved and how they've been planning this for years. And here he is, jar-jarring his way until he ends up on the stage where he almost <laughs> knocks over this spaceship display that they have because he can't see anything because he's in yeah, the jar-jar yeah. thing. So he's going test jar-jar mask. He's yeah. going full jar-jar. And then yeah. he happens to look over where there's like a VIP room. And out of that room comes Ewan McGregor, yeah. who is looking at this whole spectacle and obviously, everyone looks the same. They're all wearing mustaches and orange jumpsuits. But right, he yeah. sees one person wearing a Jar Jar mask. And he looks and he waves to the guy in the Jar Jar mask. He waves uh, to my yeah. son. Because obviously, you and McGregor sees a Jar Jar, he's going to wave. So that, that was the best moment of celebration for me. And I wasn't even there. I was busy yeah, arguing I, with I, people I, uh, about why I'm not going to give them a coin or a patch. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, Dude, hearing a Star hearing Wars fans that. are so bad at trivia, Steve. <laughs> I thought that I thought I would just be throwing the coins away when I asked them what uh what country is the director of Return of the Jedi from. Nobody got that. Nobody. They were, they all said I thought George Lucas was from America. God. What are they even doing mm. in a Star Wars convention? Anyways, <laughs> so you know, I was predisposed to like Hugh McGregor, but I've always, yeah, I've sure. always liked his performance as Obi Wan. Same, Same. Um, yeah. I the one thing I wish, and and I don't want there to be a second season, except my uh -huh. favorite Obi Wan Kenobi line is from the Xbox game Obi Wan. <laughs> I vaguely remember this is the one with the green kind of hue packaging. Yes. I, I remember that game. Yeah. So in, in 2002, it must have been, I broke up with my then girlfriend, future ex-wife. Um, and I drove from California to Boston with my friend Brad. So like mm -hmm. we left Oakland and I was going to go live in France for a while and then moved to L.A. And so, like, my thing that I did when I broke up was, like, I, I bought an Xbox because, you know, like, I didn't play video games because, you know, I was trying to be a good boyfriend and all that stuff. And so I'm like, screw it. If I'm going to be lonely, at least I'm going to have video games. So I got this Rally Cross game, which was ridiculously fun. And the only other game I got was the Obi-Wan game, which I've seen, like, 20 videos trying to describe why it's such a bad game. It was the greatest really? game. Yes. <laughs> Did I, people not like that game? I, I, I yeah. Oh, it was great. And the best line is every single time he throws his lightsaber he goes defend yourself oh, every single that. time oh defend God. yourself defend yourself so, and so, uh, especially that, that like brought me straight back i i that <laughs> oh my god yeah so that's the one easter egg everyone is there waiting to hear him say hello there and i'm just yeah, sitting right. there defend yourself because he's throwing a <laughs> lightsaber at you He's telling you defend yourself. This is a spinning blade of cauterizing death. And yeah. he's telling you to defend yourself. Uh, oh god, that that uh that's one of those weird memory unlocking details cuz I yeah, now that now that's all back. I remember yes. I remember this very clearly. <laughs> and 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 that's how you can beat Darth Maul without any difficulty. You just hang back and just go defend yourself. Defend yourself. Yeah. Defend yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But no, I mean, I, I, I love that they made him so flawed. I, the thing is, is that The Last Jedi is a great movie. And the reason The Last Jedi is a great movie is because 
Ryan Johnson understands the George Lucas that made the prequel trilogy. So yeah. it makes sense that a lot of people don't like it because a lot of people don't like the prequel trilogy. But the George Lucas that made the prequel trilogy is a particular kind of artist who's slightly, you know, he's in a different stage of his creativity, right? Like you might like the, 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 the blue period of Picasso or you might like the Cubist period. You might not like both, right? Mm -hmm. So like the, the, the way that they retconned, like the way that they make it that Luke's resignation makes so much more sense when you see yeah. Obi-Wan's resignation. Yeah, yeah. It's like poetry, it rhymes. It really does go together. And yeah. it, it feels real. It makes sense. It's like if there's one problem with the Disney era is that it feels too much like the directors aren't working in, in conjunction with each other. Right. You know, whatever, that Kathleen Kennedy go is good, but she doesn't do what Feige does for the numbing sameness of, of all the Marvel <laughs> stuff, which is its strength and its weakness, right? Like the, yeah. the, the consistency yeah. is the strength and the weakness. Right. Um, so just to have that was just great. And, and, I, and I love it. And I don't think that they overplayed it. And No, I, I don't think so either. I, I feel like I, I would guess a lot of people were expecting... Um, you know, quite a bit more, uh, I guess, on the nose depression or, you know, I, I don't know, just a, maybe a, a more over the top performance. And I'm so glad that it wasn't that. Um, yeah, I, I thought he was great. I, I, I had no worries about him going into the show, regardless of what else is going on around him. I, I, I had faith that, um, that he would pull it off and he did. Yeah, and and I think they they wrote him really well. I I loved his interactions with everybody, with all the major characters, with the new characters. Yeah. I mean, the only character I didn't like was that was the other Jedi just kind of popping out of nowhere. Oh, um, the, at the, the at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot yeah. of people complaining about the. Ooh, that's convenient. That kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, that was the only one that was a, a little bit much. Um, yeah. But the number three loser, Steve. You know, we've had some pretty heavy hitters here. You got Leia, got Obi-Wan. Number three loser, Tusken Raiders. <laughs> because the Jawa was the number nine winner, but yeah. Tuskens were on such a good run. They, they, yeah. Uh, and they're oof. just reduced to random outsider fear for the the homestead. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, it's... After the glory of the Book of Boba Fett, um, they just... They're just not there again. So, yeah, that's, you know, though, maybe, maybe, uh, I don't know. Sometimes too much of a good thing. It, they, that, it's hard. It's hard to come back from that book of Boba Fett. Yeah, uh, that's true. That scenery, you know, that that whole the whole vibe for the Tuscans in that show. It's hard to. I almost feel like giving them a, a little bit of a break is a, is a good thing. But okay. I get I get where you I get where you're coming at, coming from in terms of this specific context. But uh, yeah. Now my number two winner, you might be surprised to find above Obi-Wan Kenobi, but I think it has to be Darth Vader. Yeah. I I I um it's it's everything that I uh you know loved that you know I, I'm I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. It's just, what are it's you trying anti, to say? It's Steve, the, like, the anti-rogue one. You you, anti you literally said it's everything yeah. that you know. 
I, Ooh. you know, I'm trying not to edit yeah, that, this, Steve. I think it's tough. Yeah, I think yeah. this is it's, it's a tough, uh, <laughs> tough emotion, tough uh, sentiment I'm trying to express here. But no, um, I think what you're trying to say, Steve, is that they were able to communicate vulnerability into the actual Darth Vader, like the actual Darth yeah. Vader in the mask, in the helmet, in the cape, everything. They actually managed a character like to imbue personality and vulnerability into that character yeah it's it's the anti-rogue one right yeah. it's that's that's my ultimate point because um, they have plenty of that in there where he's scary and he's you know but i think it's it's balanced in a way that is so much more fulfilling um yeah and, yeah and his it's sort of it builds on a lot of the stuff from rogue one you know, like especially with having him in the castle, but yeah. just having him—it's the you know—it's the moment I always go back to the the the, the scene in uh, episode six where they're on the the bridge in front of the ATAT, and yes. it's the too late for me, and there's that little quiet moment, and you're able to read a lot of emotions into Vader. Same thing, so like the, through a head turn or through yeah, a, you know, yeah, through, yeah, through a head turn. There's just a lot of that with like what he's looking at. And especially, yeah. uh, I, I think that the prequel recap deserves an Emmy. <laughs> okay, I have a funny story about that. Okay. Okay, so uh, my my stepdad was not a fan of the prequels. He he also you know he's kind of just lukewarm on Star Wars in general. But I just remember for years him saying how how he disliked them and just wasn't really giving them a chance again. And uh, <laughs> my mom had told me that when they watched that that first episode of uh, <laughs> of Obi Wan. He's like, oh wow, that's that's really good. He he thought it was just part of the show. He didn't oh. realize that uh, <laughs> that they were. Uh, it was just such a yeah. I, I think it speaks to the power of a of a good editor. Um and yeah, it's and to the power of the stories from yeah. which they were edited. No, exactly. Yeah. No, no. And I, it's a story, and then piecing it together in a way that it's it was like a couple minute recap. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's. Yeah, they they just really managed to put all of the prequel energy into Vader in the suit, and part yeah. of that was having you know Hayden Christensen. Sometimes, I mean, Hayden Christensen was only in the suit like a very small amount of the time because he right. was never walking or sitting. It was just only you know certain close-ups. Yeah, um, but still, like, like really, they managed to pack that suit with prequels and George Lucas intentionally did not pack the suit with prequels you know right. he had the where's Padme no and he had the, sh the folding the arms but that was yeah. it he intentionally yeah. didn't pack it and then Rogue One tried to take all of the prequels out of Vader right, right. they just tried to make it the episode 4 Vader but here we finally have like the prequel Vader and and, yeah, and I think it, yeah. it it really works, and I like the, uh, yeah yeah. I was gonna say what is what are because I you know we've talked about the non the non fungible Luke and other weird digital creations and kind of what did you think about the the voice work for for Vader in this? I don't know the full story. I just know that there's no way. I mean, it's not it's not all just original James Earl Jones. It's probably some of it is clearly a bit Hayden Christensen, but I. I I don't know. I'm just curious how how you felt about the the usage of of the voice, and oh, okay. uh, re regardless of whatever bizarre technology might have 
generated it. <laughs> so here's where I hate to be honest. Um, <laughs> they totally used the exact same machine that they used for non-fungible Luke. Yeah, yeah. And it totally worked. Yeah, There was no yeah. part of me that was taken out of it even a little bit. It didn't work no. at all for me with Mark Hamill. But yeah. here, because, and I'll tell you why, well, Steve, yeah. it's sort of like the John Williams thing. It's like, I love John Williams, but I hear old age in his writing. Like, right, I hear right. that he's tired and it's okay that he's tired i'm 44 and i'm freaking tired okay like i don't i don't have the energy that i had 10 years ago so when when oh he's doing the voice in rogue one like it was good but there's a thinness to his voice you know he's he's yeah so i i loved it i thought it was great and i I, I did too i for one welcome our insect overlords i (laughs) i I just when it comes to darth vader yeah I, I just have to let it. I just have to let it go there. I just have to yeah. let it be. And, and I liked it when they mixed in some of of Anakin stuff. Oh yeah, that that, that was uh, that was so well done. And, that and, that and, bit. And just the you know like I, I think I saw it on someone's timeline. You know they're going to make a a toy of Darth Vader with the mask cut with Vader with Anakin. Oh yeah. With Hayden Christensen's face underneath, and yeah. you know, I never buy any of these things, but I'm like, oh, I could probably move one of these plants and put that there. Right, uh, right. yeah, I, I will. I, I, I completely succumb to some major vintage exploitation for the first time, and maybe ever, but definitely in a long time. Uh, I, I think I ordered the Obi Wan and Darth Vader retro style Kenner looking figures. I've never done that. I've never really helped you. But I did because of this show. Wow. I, yeah. Now it, there's your evidence for winners uh, of yeah, Obi-Wan exactly. and Darth Vader. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it broke me. So, wow. yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, before we sort of talk about Obi-Wan and Vader together. Yeah, yeah. Also just I really like that they absolutely committed to making Vader the worst. <clears throat> <laughs> that like that scene where he kills that family, like oh. that is legitimately shocking, and yes. it ties in really well to the Order sixty six, which a hundred percent feels oh. like a school shooting. I mean, there's I uh, I I'll, I will say yeah, watching that first episode or that was probably the only bit that actually played was that first scene when Tess and I just looked at each other like, oh god, I don't know if we can, I don't know if we can do this. Yeah, um, it is just yeah, but and that's yeah that that whole the whole thing with him back in 2005 I always I've always felt like it just was it it crossed the line for me but the way that this show kind of revisited it and I don't know it, it's still really tough to to kind of wrap your mind around but I at least this is it expanded the 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 thought process around it for me um and, and they're just they're they're not trying to make him cuddly at all like they really are trying to make me they're trying to make me dislike him. They're trying to make me hate him. And I still can't help but feel the compassion. I still can't help but right. feel bad for him when he can't breathe on the planet. Like the, Oh the, yeah. Like the, yeah. like when, when, I mean, obviously we know he's not going to get killed, but when Obi-Wan doesn't kill him, you actually understand it. And, yeah. and it, it yeah. really delivered on that, on that. Um, and I mean, the humanity <laughs> of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the same time, he's also, torturing uh, Obi-Wan and burning him in flames. Now, Steve, you, you sent me some interesting images. I you, did, You yeah. sent me the Empire Strikes Back patch. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, when I was going through this, thinking about like vintage items that 
that might get a boost from this show. There were a few that were very specific. So this is one where obviously that that scene at the the construction site near the target uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with with Vader and the flames underneath them um, immediately brought to mind the the classic crew patch from Empire Strikes Back with Vader and the flames kind of underneath his chin. Um, that's that's just I could not help but think of that uh, when that scene was kind of unfolding. Um, yeah, the, so yeah, the, the Vader I, I and Flames imagery. Like yeah, yeah, it's great because the Vader and Flames imagery. I mean, that's what they used for Episode Three, but yeah, in reality, Vader wasn't really in flames; he was in lava. <laughs> you know, right. this yeah. this is really Vader in flames, and of course, there's the weird moment where he doesn't pursue, and we don't quite understand why, and there's no real explanation. I... See, but. to me, that that was one of those kind of head turn moments where I I did understand. I, I felt like it just, I felt emotion coming from him in that in that scene. It maybe didn't work logically, but to me, it it felt, I felt the emotional resignation in in whoever was in the suit in that. Yeah. And maybe that was Hayden Christensen. I, I'm not sure in that particular shot, but to me, that that worked. But. Um, and and then I want to give you credit, Steve, for these images that you sent me. You okay. really have laid in to anything that has to do with Obi-Wan and Vader's duel in Episode 4. Before I give yeah. you your props, I will just say that part okay. of the reason why I think this is so good for vintage collectibles is <laughs> I never really thought about the images that they chose for Obi-Wan and Vader. But yeah. obviously they chose images that are tied into their lightsaber fight. So there's yeah. so many more iconic moments of Vader and and Obi-Wan Kenobi that aren't aren't that they could have taken from the movie but obviously Kenner had to pick those two moments because that was the only real <laughs> scene of, of lightsabers Action. in yeah. the entire movie and you know they didn't have a single scene they could have used for Luke so they were they were screwed there um, yeah. but yeah so I, I do like the idea of just having the, the, the two card backs fighting against each other but you happen to take out some images that featured this duel so what, what are these vintage yeah. items Steve? So yeah what my mind set on this was what what vintage things depict the two of them together whether it's and obviously it's almost always going to be the duel they're not they might be maybe individually featured on the same product or, or poster or whatever but i liked finding stuff where the dual image was used so there's this uh this paint by numbers set that i feel like ron featured in a, in a blog post a couple of years back but it's got the same setup of them you know dueling and then uh there's also I also, you know, thought of the inflatable lightsaber packaging where the main art on the box is is an image of the duel. And I feel like things like that where it's Obi-Wan and Vader, I mean, if you notice obviously all the marketing for this show, it's it's Obi-Wan versus Vader, Obi-Wan versus Vader and vintage winners and losers wise, I felt like, oh yeah, anything that's got the old the old classics facing off, that definitely has to get a boost from this. Yeah, and it's I mean, it's funny because I I sometimes use this scene, the, the Vader versus Obi-Wan duel, I sometimes use it in a class that I teach about um, the vocabulary of film in French. Uh -huh. So we watch, we watch this version, this scene in French, and yeah. I sort of describe all of the, the motion. And it is one of the best shot scenes in the, in the original trilogy. It is so beautiful. I, one of my least favorite things I've ever seen is that fan edit where they try to make oh, the God. fight something more oh. than it is. It's just horrible. It, yeah. 
<laughs> it's it's beautifully slow. It's beautifully kabuki. It's intentionally kabuki. It's intentionally yeah. blocky. Right. And with the theater, I mean that that's the, that's the crazy thing that Lucas figured out that if you if you frame it. Like they framed the 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 hangar so that that As they're fighting a little, on a stage, yeah, on a stage, yeah. And yeah. the stormtroopers and and Luke and Leia are there, and they're seeing yeah. it, and and you know, there's obviously that that beautiful meme that I think Bruce White shared uh, that I saw for the first time that right before uh, Obi Wan lifts up his saber and and lets himself die is the first time he sees Luke and Leia together, and you just realize. That, oh yeah. That that's the first time he saw that he was done. Like he did it. Like he helped separate them and now they're together and now Darth Vader has to lose. And I know there's like five layers of retcon on that, but I don't care. I'm happy about it. <laughs> I'm going to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, I... it, it's it is absolutely just just and there aren't that many we I guess we should have got Duncan on here. Next time we get him, we can ask him how many vintage <laughs> things feature the duel cuz you'd think it would be all of them, but the all of them goes to the TIE Fighter versus X-Wing, right? Like, that's yeah. what, what gets all yeah. of it. And I love yeah. on the inflatable lightsaber um, that that Vader's lightsaber is purple. Uh, Obi-Wan's <laughs> is, is lime green Yeah, uh, with the weird uh, in the back. Also, one of the last things I bought recently, Steve, um, I, bought, I bought an Attactics uh, <laughs> Toy Fair sample. So, Attactics are these toys from 2005, which are like a tabletop game um, where you have, like, they're toys, but they have uh, projectile missiles. Yes. Or or they have, like, lightsabers that are on a spring. Right. Um, And my kids and I play it, like, we've played it a lot. It's legitimately a great game. It's very close to Crossbows and Catapults, if you remember that game as a kid. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. And... (laughs) And I bought this from Anthony Pagano, who's like the world's greatest modern prototype collector. I bought it for like 50 bucks, but it's an unused image of Darth Vader fighting Obi-Wan Kenobi with a lightsaber battle, but it's the episode four version, but it's all yeah. tactics-y. So they're all like <laughs> splayed out and all twisted Gi- and turned. Giant arms. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah. it's sort of the, yeah, it's kind of like a, a weird modernized version of this. I love that. Uh that's that's great. Yeah, but but it's it, it's and they you know like the whole time that we're watching it, we're like, well, how can you say the? How can you say when I left as a master and a learner? How can I say that? How can I, it's like, hey, um, did you know that when George Lucas wrote this in 1977, he wasn't planning on some lady making a movie in 2000, a TV show in 2022? Right. I, I just like, yeah. Like just... we can hold him to his feet to the fire to make sure that Anakin never sees General Grievous. When the Clone Wars TV show came out three years after Revenge of the Sith, but yeah. at this point, do we really care if, no, how I, well those things I, match up? To to just have uh, have such a literal reading of that too, be such a, a sticking point for people has not made much sense to me. But I, I think just getting to this this whole thing about how the show for me anyway really really helped. It boosted episode four. I mean, it's a great, obviously, it's a classic. It's, it's, you can't, it's hard to boost the original, but it did. I mean, it, in, in ways like this, where you, you watch it in a different way. Um, and same with the prequels for me. I, I, I'm more excited to revisit the prequels more often because of the show. And I, I feel like, yeah, to, I feel, yeah, they, they, I'm sure they had other ideas that might have been wilder that maybe they, 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 
took it down a notch, thankfully. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. And so you might be wondering, Steve, if <laughs> Leia, Obi Wan, Kenobi, and Darth Vader are my are my three are my four, three, and two. Yeah, we're, winners, we're getting right. <laughs> well, then what, all we have left is number one winner, number one loser, and number two loser. And number yeah, two so loser, Steve, is Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Old doofus. He doesn't do anything. I mean, Owen comes out. Owen's great. Oh my gosh, they're they're yeah, they're they're fantastic. And Baru yeah. is great. I mean, the, the whole yeah. adoptive parenting, saving the world thing, the 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 subtext of the prequel era, you know, that's all great. That's all yeah. working. But yeah. I mean, I think it's great. I'm glad that Luke didn't win. The fact that Luke didn't win is a is a way that Luke does win because the story ended up being more interesting, being about Leia, and exactly, and yeah. we can have Obi Wan goofing around with Luke anytime. That right. was the totally expected thing. Yeah. Um, I did like the hello there thing. I, I liked how simple their meeting was. It, um, yeah, it it felt it felt like the the proper usage <laughs> but if i had one yeah. my biggest issue with the whole series is they totally return of the king uh episode 6 there's <laughs> just so many goodbyes <laughs> yeah like, they, goodbye I, I was inquisitor number you. 2 goodbye inquisitor number 1 <laughs> goodbye inquisitor number 4 oh I, goodbye I leia goodbye bail goodbye <laughs> mrs bail goodbye r2d2 oh goodbye wampa it's just all right enough yeah, I, I did think of you as that was unfolding. I was also crying. I mean, it still got me, yeah. but I was thinking, oh, Sky probably doesn't. Now, the thing not. is, they happen to all be good. In, in, yeah, in they were. Return of the were. King, like, every single one of them was bad. And then the most interesting thing that happened in the book, <laughs> the destruction of the Shire, was the one thing right. they decided not to. Because the book yeah. actually ends, I don't mean to be a nerd, but the Lord of the yeah, Rings that's all books right. okay. end in a really interesting way where the Shire yeah. is totally destroyed. It's awesome. It's like actually, you know, makes the whole parable for World War II, much more interesting, whatever. So like yeah. instead of that, they just say, goodbye, elf. Goodbye, troll. <laughs> goodbye, elf. Goodbye, troll. <laughs> goodbye, little old lady saying hush. Good, goodbye, bowl of mush. You know, like it, it was just too much. Too many goodbyes. So this was yeah. too many goodbyes, but every single they were one all of them was good. done quite, quite well. Yeah. yeah. I just had, had a little bit of, a little bit of fatigue. And yeah. it, it is funny that they're, that they're like, Oh, and so this is where she got her holster. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess Leia does have a holster. That was, was, was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I I feel like, yeah, the, the, it was quite a few endings, but they were done with such care uh, that, I don't know, I, I, I'll, I'll always remember watching that for the first time. We were in on the road we were going up to Oregon so I would have to stay I would just stay up I'm like I'm gonna stay up late at night in the hotel in complete darkness with my headphones to watch this <laughs> and I was just sitting there like like trying not to to wake anybody up because I did I got I, I was affected it was it was it got me so yeah, yeah that's so my number one winner and loser are yeah. very connected I, they, they often tend to be they often tend to be <laughs> yeah and I am breaking the rules for both Okay. The rule all right. of all of this is how does it tie into vintage collectibles? Yeah. And I'm not going to do that. Okay. <laughs> so okay. the number one loser Fair enough. are yeah. sequel toys and collectibles. Yeah. The okay. number one winner are prequel toys and collectibles. I yeah. <laughs> so I, I... So you know, we are the Star Wars Collectors Archive 
podcast, and that we're not vintage exclusive by nature, right? The Star Wars Collectors Archive is not expressly vintage only, and the modern toys, like every like, I feel this crazy erasure of the sequels happening yes. that I yeah. felt as the crazy erasure of the prequels before. Like, yeah, it is a very similar feeling. Yeah. And and I just, I mean, whatever. If I'm going to be a Star Wars nitpicker, I'm just annoyed that this keeps happening because I don't think <laughs> we need to erase the sequels. I think they're mostly very good movies. And yeah, we definitely I, didn't need to erase the, the prequels. But, you know, I'm just imagining all of them sitting over there in, in the Bunta Eve or whatever that place they call it in Disney World that's all based on, like, <laughs> you know, like they must be, like, trying to figure out how to spin it. Um, but but really just for, you know, I'm not going to spend too much time on the sequel thing, but definitely the modern prototypes, um, the modern toys, yeah. just between like Book of Boba Fett giving Mandalorian the <clears throat> the, the Naboo Starfighter, uh, between Obi-Wan being on his little uh, Cadu, no, Eopi, yeah. um, just, yeah. it's... It's just like I, I don't know, like the all the Anakin toys, like the it feels like there's just more more and more weight being given to prequel era toys and collectibles. Yeah. Well that that I mean that that generation that that really did legitimately grow up with that I mean, they're the ones with all the power right now. Honestly. Yeah. And I, I it maybe, you know, the sequels didn't speak to them quite as, as much as people may have anticipated and you know that you realize that yeah that they've had they've been saying this you oh you've been saying it forever but yeah. i mean I, I seeing other you know i remember just seeing younger people like on a plane to celebration or it, it's just it the it's on the rise <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 on the rise and i think so just, the cycle will probably repeat, you know, or maybe it won't. I don't know. It's but, hard. Yeah. To, the thing, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to predict the future. It is. But yeah. I don't imagine the sequels, the sequels always had to share the stage with Marvel. So yeah, there's yeah. not going to be any kids who grow up thinking oh my 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 childhood and teenage years were dominated by ray and kylo ren they're going to be like oh ray was cool like star wars is yeah. going to be like he-man is to me where i'm like oh man right. i liked he-man but like in reality all the kids care about is thor and captain america <laughs> or whatever you know right. so yeah, yeah. I, I don't know whereas the kids who love the prequels there wasn't as much competing for their time and attention uh -huh. it wasn't it's as unified I mean, there, whatever there's pokemon there's other stuff but yeah um, but I, I i don't imagine it but we'll see you know we'll have to see because there's yeah. going to be another backlash i guess towards the sequels eventually um because i'd, <laughs> I'd like to remind everybody ray and kylo ren and poe dameron and finn like those are four really good characters like those aren't yeah. like four like kind of good characters like they're four excellent characters and, yeah and and, and they, that will you know, survive like that will survive yeah. the fact that that jj abrams you know had one uh, yeah too many MacGuffins in episode nine and that, right that yeah. ryan johnson exists yeah I, I that was the point I was going to get to is I think that they they were able to kind of establish a core 
there that that I think eventually could probably have some some staying power. But but they're not right now in terms of like you're saying, like the merchandise and all that, they're really not helping with that much. They really are no. kind of just <laughs> you know, it's it's done and that's that. Um yeah, the fact that there wasn't even a, a an action figure line for that last the last Star Wars is just it still like blew my mind that that you know yeah you're right there wasn't yeah so strange to me but um there you go i i don't know we'll we'll see what happens let's see where we're at when we're talking about the droids and ewoks unproduced figures in 10 years where 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 the sequel yeah (laughs) sequel stuff is at (laughs) uh at this rate wow well, Steve, well, is they, there... they keep making shows. Yeah, we're never going to finish our figures. We'll have to just keep doing I know. Shows. We'll be doing Andor and Ahsoka. <laughs> oh, man, I am spooked by that Ahsoka show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But I, mean, it's, I, it's... I, I love Ahsoka, but I don't know if I want to love that show. But we'll have to see. Yeah. Okay. It's still exciting that, that this is all happening. i got to get back in, in off my theatrical high horse and start just embracing television i I do miss movies but um yeah here we are yep it's it's (laughs) tv is the future for now yeah i mean remember it it was it was george lucas who said in like 2005 that like in the future all of the like all entertainment will be on some kind of central computer and no one will ever have to leave their house. (laughs) Like he was was trying to explain that like all music, movies, television will all be located inside the house. Now he had the vision of some kind of like single appliance. Right. And he was off because it's just like Wi-Fi and and our computers, (laughs) but he he did basically predict this. So I I don't think we're too far from, from Lucas's vision. We're not. Uh, oh man, I just remembered one thing that uh, <laughs> completely random uh, thought is uh, Flea and his kidnapping gang. I, I could not help but think of the nihilists from The Big yes. Lebowski, and I was just part of me was so sad that Peter Stormare wasn't one of his other guys, and then they didn't have the weird little ferret from The Mandalorian. That would have oh, just. Oh, that would have been a good point. Yeah. That that would have broke me. I, I think <laughs> if. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all. All I think about whenever I. I catch the scenes with with uh creepy flea is just you know the nihilist capturing princess Leia. <laughs> it is funny like of all the commentary i heard about the show i didn't hear that too much i guess people were just so obsessed with the the chase scenes not being too convincing right um, yeah. that actually i liked that chase scene like i liked that it didn't quite work i liked that it it felt to me like when I make videos well, with my nieces yeah. and nephews, you know, right. <laughs> where you're like, yeah. oh, I got to stop now because otherwise I'm going to run over the person I'm pretending to chase. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, chasing a, chasing a toddler around is, is not easy. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That's I mean, true, she's Steve. Not, if they, she's 10, they, you know. They should have used uh, your daughter for a stunt double because she just. <laughs> yeah, right. She so we, we tried to eat, lo- we tried to eat uh, dinner with uh, <laughs> Steve, his wife, and his daughter. And and I kept on trying to like engage with your daughter and get her to like I because there were different color squares on the ground. I remember yeah, we used to play that like yeah. see if you can run to the blue square. And she'd look yeah. at me, and she didn't <laughs> say anything, but she like looked at me that look that you give me when you're like looking down on me for like in the prequels. So she kind of looks at me, and then she just <laughs> bolts as fast as she can the other direction. She like does like parkour over these like curbs and stuff, right. and you're running yeah. the other direction. Yeah, you never catch up. So like, no. I, the fact that. You know they had trouble wrangling little Leia in the forest. 
that that didn't bother me too much just because I think I, I, it was a little too real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good, good times. Um, yep. Yeah, glad, glad we got to this eventually. And yeah. uh, it'll it'll be a <laughs> poor Papalu. We're never going to get to Papalu. It'll, it'll be Andor time by the time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Well, uh, well, hopefully I'll have well, my own little Papalu. Yes, very, very soon. Very, yep. very exciting. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think I better get going and yeah. uh, allow this house to wind down. But uh, until next time, Wampa Wampa. Adios.